Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Wolves Weekly, sponsored by MyDieselClaim.com. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows, and welcome to a special episode of Wolves Weekly, an extended interview with our sporting director, Matt Hobbs. We'll talk about the summer, the change of head coach, transfer policy, and the vision for the future under Gary O'Neill. Recorded away from Molyneux at the Inn at Shipley, We'd always planned to have this no-holds-barred chat after the Manchester City game, but as Matt admits, winning made it much, much easier. Just a feel-good factor around a result like that obviously makes the situation easier, but doesn't change our strategy, doesn't change our plan, it doesn't change the journey we've been on since the end of last season. So, yep, whilst we're all unbelievably happy about last Saturday, it wouldn't have changed our point of direction or anything like that. So, um I just do it with a smile on my face, maybe. Because <laughs> part of the element, I guess, doing the job that you do is to to not have, it's the old adage, not have too high a high and not have too low a low. That You have to be the guy that maintains a consistency along the way. Is that fair? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I guess I've got to try and stay as beige as possible, for want of a better word. Um, sometimes easier said than done and uh, it might be said by a few people I lost my call on Saturday and maybe celebrated the second goal a little bit more but I think Saturday felt different for me just because I was unbelievably happy for Gary's staff and the players because of the work they put in but it's very quickly back down to earth with a bump I mean I should have seen Saturday's result coming because I've got a five-year-old girl who said that we win 2-1 and Hee-Chan would score the winner so she's obviously the best (laughs) football pundit around because I don't think anyone else would have said that so um I should have been very relaxed. But yeah, so enjoy the moment. Same as the players, but then sort of back to work today. Although there's something different than I would normally do on my on my Monday. But yeah, I have to stay as uh, level-headed as possible and keep our eye on the long-term strategy. But enjoy the moments when they come along as well. Yeah, and um, we should explain to people that we have um, come out of the office and got you away from the training ground to somewhere a little bit different to try and do this, this conversation. Um, and I... And I guess from your point of view, that's quite important as well because, 
you know, the, the daily grind from within there and, and the work that goes on, it's important to kind of separate yourself from it sometimes. Yeah, but <clears throat> it's not easy in this job. It is nice to come out and do something like this. Um, but trying to get your escape away from the day-to-day -day and the work everyone puts in and really lucky to work at this football club because so many people work so hard to achieve what we're trying to achieve. So a change of scenery <laughs> does you some good sometimes. And um, yeah, so it's nice to get out and talk to you. First time I've done this as well with you, so this, this is great. And if it helps people understand what we're trying to do and the journey we've been on over the last sort of six months, then I'm more than happy to be honest with people, but I'll always be honest. I won't hide away from what, what we are, what we're trying to do or where we've been. And, and hopefully people understand that. Let's talk about the journey because um, your first year you're approaching as a sporting director and I think you probably dealt with more in that first year than many sporting directors deal with in a good couple of seasons if not a lifetime. What's it been like? It felt longer than a year but at the same time felt much shorter than a year because so much has gone on. It's been exciting, challenging, emotional but I've enjoyed it so much. I'm so lucky to do it at this football club that have, <clears throat> this is my eighth season now, so it's given me so much and allowed me to grow through and had so many different roles here and worked with so many people. And so it's a club I, I care about. I'm not local from Bath, all my family live in Bath and my daughter uh, lives in South, South Wales, but it's a club that really gets in your veins quite quick. So it's been a incredible year. Enjoyed every minute, but those are challenges that we really feel positive that we managed to overcome. One of the things that all the elements about it is that I, I see you from day to day, from time to time, and I see you at matches. And anyone who's seen you in there knows, they can see that you care. But when you care, and when you know that so many other people care, the pressure to get your decisions right, that must weigh a lot on your shoulders. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's actually what made the summer easier because of the situation that we were in and what we were having to try and achieve financially. And my job was to build a, a squad that was capable of competing in the Premier League. And But the bigger part of that is just to make sure that the club keeps running, deals with its financial issues. We, you know, we, we can move forward and regroup, reset, if you like, for want of a better word. And because we're just custodians, so my job is to leave the club in a better position than when, when I came. Um, and that's what I'll always do. But when you've had different jobs at different levels in the club, pretty much everyone who works at the club now has been my peer at some point. And so you get to know them and their families. So the job you do is not just for the players and the management or the ownership. It's for the 430 employees we've got, their families and obviously the fans. So... Again, keeping that perspective, be able to sleep and I know you made the best decision, you've done the work required, uh, That that's all I can do, but I don't make the decision on my own, I've got a great team around me that we've been able to build and uh, so many people I trust at the club, so yeah, you do it for the extended family. Because when you um, make any decision or big decision normally in a business and a company and an organisation, probably gets a lot more time than you had this summer to, to make probably the biggest call that gets made at the football club. Can you talk through the process and I guess your thinking <coughs> in that period and, and what kind of brought you to Gary really? 
decision is maybe not a word that we would use for it. It became a, a situation probably that we had to deal with. And look, I was incredibly close to Julien and he started when I started. And so we formed this incredible bond that we still have. <clears throat> he had his reasons for not being able to do the job and you can agree with it or disagree with it. I wasn't part of the initial conversation he had with the club, but my job in my role then was we had a situation. The manager was, Julien at the time, was honest with me and open and it wasn't something that he forced on us overnight and he would stay in charge and keep working till we found the person that we felt we wanted to come in and 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 take us forward and I think for him if we hadn't found that person he'd still be here now and he gave me gave me his word that until we found that person he, he wouldn't go and he'd keep working if you ask the players and the staff he, he kept working even though uh, he felt his, his time had to come to an end and then we met Gary in London. Uh, he came and presented, and um, we met a few others at the same time. But as soon as those meetings had happened, we we spoke that evening. And for the four of us that went to do the interview, it was um, it was obvious the person we felt could f could take us forward, not just on the work he did last year, but the detail in which he presented his intensity which I keep talking to him about because it's a long season and he is super intense um so the situation although unprecedented I presume in the Premier League I think I think that um we handled it as well as we could but had we felt Gary wasn't right we didn't need to replace him uh but it was a situation we had to deal with and we're really happy with 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 where we find ourselves now it's really interesting what you make in there about you did speak to other people because there is a perception out there that you know Gary was the first guy that came along that he was either the cheapest option or the the available option or you know the the short term option. Yeah, that's clearly not part of your thinking. No, none of that is true, <clears throat> and I've always been honest whenever I've said anything about the club, whether it's signings we're doing or anything we're doing. It's just not true. We we interviewed multiple people and uh, the group of four of us, as I said, uh, all of us, Pete Gary is the strongest candidate by by a distance, by a distance. Um, a new direction for us, something new the club haven't done before, which is which is exciting. And you can see, I mean, you've been around the training ground, you can feel that around the training ground. It's like a, a different feel. But Gary's here because we feel he's the right man and then I'll get judged on that decision. But the right man for now, but also we... We believe Gary can be a long-term head coach here. Uh, the changes he's making, the way he's trying to get us to play, I think there's been plenty. I think in every game, possibly other than the first 30 minutes at Luton, where I think everyone was disappointed with that, the players included, couldn't really see the type of team we're going to look like on the pitch um, and the type of players he likes, the opportunity to youth. He fits part of our strategy. So we wanted to find a manager that fitted part of our strategy for the first time rather than the history of this club over the over recent years was find a manager, fit the whole club strategy around that. When you talk to a head coach and when you talk about a philosophy and you mention there the direction <coughs> that you want to go in, how much of it is something you have set already as sporting director or is the Wolves' way, the, the club's focus, and how much of it is driven by the head coach you were looking for? I think you have to be adaptable 
but as I said, historically, we've always completely changed depending on the head coach we had. So when Nuno was here, I was working, I was head of academy recruitment there then, and um, we'd be recruiting players to fit that system. Three of the back, play on the counter-attack. and So some players that came in then didn't necessarily work with what we're trying to do now. So what we decided was this time we want to control the strategy, find a head coach that fits it, but also within our strategy, have the ability to to bend and be open-minded and tweak to fit to the manager. But as I said, with Gary, it's just approach to young players, the type of player he likes. If you would speak to James in the 21s, we actually had a meeting this morning, myself and James, and um, the communication between the two for players going forwards and backwards is has been excellent. So it's largely a strategy driven by the club. You have to find a coach to fit that, but as a club, we can't be stubborn and uh, all good businesses have the ability to, to adapt within it whilst not losing our, our key principles. When you're looking at, at the longer aspect to it, when he comes in and talks to you about that, and I presume he did, and that's partly why he, he impressed you so much, is it specifics or is it a, a wider aspect of, because he's young, right? So he's still kind of learning in that aspect too. And, and you're new to this as sporting director. So is it about a journey that you're all kind of going on and we're all going on with you? He could probably say that everything we're trying to do is young and in its infancy, having a completely different strategy than we've had before where the club control that rather than the manager. So the whole project we're trying to build is young and in its infancy and Julian was hugely successful for us in keeping us in the league in that in, in that time and we had to be adaptable to what I would like the strategy to be at that time smaller first team squad younger hungrier players and what I wanted to do and I said the same thing to on Julian's first day I said it to Gary on Gary's first day I want us to have a team on the pitch that represent the team in the stands um, I felt like under Bruno we stopped representing the fans hard-working area, people who love their football, passionate, or get behind you if they see you putting the effort in and working hard on the pitch and will forgive you a missed pass or missing a chance if you keep going, play to the end. And we saw that under Julian, and it was interesting. Under Bruno, we hadn't outrun a single team in the Premier League. Under Julian, I think only one team outran us. And all the physical data now, no one's outrunning us. So I think for me, the strategy was smaller first team squad a young hungry set of players that's why I push so hard for Jao Gomez players of that alongside your experience like Dors and Mario but to have a team if you want young hungry players in it in my opinion the best coach to have is a young hungry coach who's on that same journey with you wants something long term but has that desire that work ethic that the players can buy into and, and that's and that's what we've we found. Key element in all of this is time. time. You, know, you know that that people expect it to happen overnight. <clears throat> You're well aware it doesn't. Yeah. How do you get that across to people? I guess that that this is a, a project, and and not a, a quick fix. I think by being honest with people, that we had some unbelievable seasons under under Nuno, having got promoted and. You can kind of get carried away with that and that then becomes the expectation. This is who we have. It's the most competitive Premier League that we that we would have seen with a lot of teams then that were sort of mid to lower table teams being bought by 
countries, investment being huge, and and we're in a we're in a different spot. So I think if you're open and honest with people, they may not like it, and I'm sure there are people that won't be like some of the stuff I say in this. But at least if we're honest, they can never accuse us not communicating and being honest with them. And we want to take them on the journey with us because, as we saw Saturday, they were unbelievable. I mean, it's been a been a while since we had an atmosphere like like that and it's corny but they are 100% our 12th man and if they can buy into it and understand it and see the team keep working my hope is that they'll allow the time and time's a, a really interesting point because it's not Gary's fault that Julian left it's not Gary's fault that we had to be uh, plus 85 million in the transfer window. It's not Gary's fault that we couldn't maybe do one or two more players in the summer that we wanted. It's not Gary's fault he didn't have a pre-season, so no time. It's not Gary's fault he had four days to work the team before Man United. And so I think we have to understand that the word you use is time. Gary's not had that. He's not had that six, eight weeks in pre-season to get to know the players, to get a feel for it. He came in four days before Man United away and they put on the performance that they did. So I think actually what he's achieved in that time, and again, some people are like me saying this, some won't. If you go through all the games, Man United, we were excellent, deserve something from it. The first half of Brighton, in fact, probably the whole Brighton game, apart from that 20 minutes in the, in the middle, we were, we were excellent. We have those two one-on-ones. Liverpool, the first half. Luton, poor, poor first half, and the players will admit that, but... 10 men, awful place to go. I think the players showed a different side of themselves in the second half to fight. Everton away, probably over 90 minutes, our worst performance of the season, but they fought and they got something out of it. So I actually think in the limited time, to use your word, that Gary's had, there's been so many positives. So how will you assess success, if that's the right word? You know that question was coming this season because... Parameters have clearly changed and when you go through the situation you have. so But you will still have markers, I guess, that, that you expect to be met, that targets that you wanted the club to achieve and reach. So what is success? Yeah, but my markers might not be the same as other people's who might use league positions or anything like that. My markers will be the team that we see on the pitch, the way they're playing, um, a... Um, change in style, for want of a better word. I think we can see that when we get it right at the moment, our attacking football is, is excellent. We've got to find the balance for sure. And But for me, I'll be looking at the team we see on the pitch, the way they fight, the way they play, the feel I have around the training ground, the one-pack mentality, if you like, and all the departments coming together. Results are part of it for sure. But if you get all the other things right then results will take care of themselves. Um, so my success will be to move the club forward, to protect the club financially, which we did in the summer, and to move the whole club forward on the pitch, off the pitch. Yeah. I don't expect you to tell me, but I have to ask. Yeah. Is there a portion of the table, say, that you've identified to say that is where I expect us to be. Anything above that is a benefit. Anything below that will be a negative to us. Do you work in those parameters? Not really. 
I'm, I'm sure I'm sure the ownership probably probably do and me and Jeff had lots of conversations about it but if we get everything in place like I've discussed then this season it has to be a transitional season you can't I mean we had 41 players in and out on perms and loans I mean it's unprecedented L lose a manager four days before the start of the season so if we can go through that see that change of style the team on the pitch uh, players improving, which I think is really important. I'm sure everyone can see that individually the players have improved. Look at Pedro, look at Hechan, Rayan. Like a number of these players are improving. Then we're going to be put ourselves in a much better position to kick on next year and start achieving what we think we can achieve and where we think we should be. I, I'm very much dodging your question. I understand this. Um, and look, of course, yeah, there's a part of the part of the table. But if we finish eighth, for example. And nothing else moves further forward. Would I rather that than finish 12th and everything moves forward or 15th and everything's moved forward and we're in a much better position to kick on again next year? I would focus on, on the bigger, bigger long-term strategy of what we're trying to do. Wolves Weekly with Mikey Burrows. Brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com So let's talk about the summer in terms of the transfers. And you mentioned... 41 deals that happened. Are you happy with what happened? Can you ever be happy? Um, no, you always want more. Head coaches want more. Sporting directors want more. You want more money to spend. You want more players to stay. But I'm happy because I feel like the first time in a long time we've got a, a long-term strategy of what we're trying to do for this football club. If you look at clubs who are now having success, I guess clubs like Brighton and Brentford... That's built off a long-term strategy. It hasn't happened overnight. What I did take from the summer is we've come out of it knowing who we are, what we're trying to do. Then we have to have faith in that. And when you have a strategy that's different, if you all agree to it, from ownership down, you have to have the courage to stick with it because it doesn't always go smoothly. There are ups and downs whilst you go you go through that. So, But you always have to something to fall back on and then not completely change it because it's not quite working if you believe in it. So the first thing was we all got together and who did we want to be? What sort of team did we want to represent the club and the fans? So from that side, I'm the most happy I've been since I've been at the club. Because I feel like it's the first time that we've had it. And the window itself, for what I had to do, I'm happy. Because what I had to do was ensure financially that we were covered. And we were safe and there were no long-term issues for the football club. So... It, I was happy in my role as a sporting director. You want to be competitive. You want to move the club forward. You want to have ambition. But I think that can happen in different ways. Does that is that happen in playing squad? Possibly not. If I actually look at the quality of the squad, I think that we're very lucky to have some of the players that, that we have and they work very hard for the football club and love the football club and will be big assets to the football club. If I was in an ideal world, I maybe would have had one more come in. <laughs> but that may be being a bit greedy. Happy, comfortable, not sure what, what, what the right word yeah. is, but we did the right, we had the right summer for where we were and what we needed to do. Well, in terms of the successes of it, you obviously big players left and players who played a huge part in this football club yeah. had left. But if you're going to do that, I imagine first and foremost, you have to make sure you get the best financial deal. Yeah. For the club, and I don't think there's many people who wouldn't say that you didn't do that with certainly Ruben Neves and Mateus Nunes. Yeah, it's um, 
when you have to bring in a certain amount of money, the fewer players you can you can sell to do that, the better. Uh, I think that it's a funny market this summer. Look at some of the, the player values. Obviously, Saudi coming into it and distorting the market. But yeah, I believe we got the right market rate for our players. Not all in perfect situations. But yeah, we were happy with the business. I mean, you always want more. You always want to... Every club's the same. If you've got to buy a play, you want them as cheap as possible. If you want to sell them, you want as much. You want as much as you can get for it. But... Um, yeah, for the for the volume of work, we we have to be happy with 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 the money that brought in. I think that people now maybe take us seriously, and that's what ha- that's what happens when you sort of control a lot of it yourself. And again, when I talk about the strategy, that's part of it, because we know we how some of our players are playing. Next summer, if they keep doing this, we're gonna have lots of knocks on the door. But we're now in a much stronger situation because we haven't got that figure hanging over our head, so we can try and be aggressive again. Is it scary though? When you sell your captain, and I know the situations can dictate things sometimes, but you part of the job I imagine is building players up to a certain level. Yeah, especially and, especially here. Yeah, and it's undoubted that this football club did that with Ruben Neves, yeah. but in in some circumstances, he is synonymous with what we've done in the last five or so years. So, is it, from your perspective, being tasked with the job to ensure that the club is in the best position is that a, a thing that you how do you approach it I don't think it was scary because I don't think there's anyone who would begrudge Ruben moving on I think we were probably surprised where he ended up in the league he ended up in but you know, <laughs> that's, that's nothing to do no that's, that's nothing not to choice. do that's nothing to do with us and, he, and Ruben was happy to go there but he sent me some unbelievably nice messages when he left everyone knows he loved the club if, if we were really honest we might say we had him for one or two years more than we thought we should have or, or or would have had him for. So I don't think anyone begrudged him that that lucrative move for sure. And no, for me it was wasn't scary because maybe it was with the direction we were going, the sort of I keep using the same word, but the strategy wanted to go down. The Makeup of the squad, it was exciting. When you start a new a, a new phase, it's really exciting. When your captain's a world class player, it's uh, it's it's difficult, and the players loved him, the fans loved him, all the staff loved him. He was he epitomised everything about about the club, um, but it also provides opportunity, and. We had some people that were excited to take the opportunity. But what you do see when a, a big group of players leave who have been there a while is maybe some players that were here before who were slightly in their shadow find a voice, allow their personality to come out more. And I think that's what we're seeing with Pedro. Pedro's now become a leader. Now before, okay, he's had awful luck with injuries, but before that he was a leader by how he played. Now he's a, a leader by emotion and is uh, a great... His age is a great senior player because he's he's been here he's he's been here a while now. Um, so what it does do is provides other players opportunities to maybe come out of the shadows a little bit. So you can focus on it being scary, but we chose to focus as a group. And I, I had conversations with players. I could talk to players all the time about the opportunity it would provide. Well, the 
Part of the reason I talk about that is that um, I've said on air that, and I've said on social media, I firmly believe that football is cyclical, that you have the cycle yeah. to it. And that my personal view, and I'm perfectly honest with you, it felt like the, the cycle that we'd had, that we'd kind of grown through, that it needed a full stop. Yeah. That we all kind of were clinging on to it because it was so successful. But you have to move forward. That's my view. I don't know whether you agree with any of that. I mean, I should probably say yes because of the window we had <laughs> and a lot, a lot moved on. Um, <clears throat> but sometimes I completely agree. I think, I think football is about cycle. If we go back to the successful Man United teams, he even had cycles in his support staff. Once they'd been there three or four years, he wanted a new voice and Sir Alex Ferguson would move on and bring a new assistant in. So I think that football is 100% a cycle. Maybe our cycle lasted a year longer than it should have done. But it's hard when you've got so many good players. Yeah. Um, and it's not so easy to be like, oh, let's put an end to this when you've got players like Ruben and, and Raul coming back from his injury and Zhao and what, what these guys did for us. Um but what you can't do is, if you want a better word, half-ass the end of a cycle. You either start a new cycle or you stick with the old one. I think trying to combine the two, you can leave yourself in kind of a no-man's land that can be dangerous. So whilst it might feel harder to completely go from one to another, I think in many ways it's probably healthier, especially for your long term. And it doesn't drag out. But all of that is only governed by the interest in your players. So if no one if no one would come in for Ruben, we'd all be super happy. We're still here. Um, so everything has to line up. It's not as simple as, right, we decide it's the end of a cycle, so let's move everyone on. But when you have good players like that, there's inevitably clubs around the world that they'll be interested in. One of the things that's been noticeably different in your time as sporting director is the type of player and where they've come from in terms of the incomings. How much how important is that to you? I'm not really biased against anywhere. I just think it's about balance. And if you want to create a culture in any walk of life, really, you've got to have balance to your society. And our society is a changing room. So I think that for me, it was about culturally balanced, age balanced, nationality balanced, language balanced. And I think that, I mean... <laughs> Probably got a few more South Americans than I thought uh, we'd ever see see at Wolves with Santi and Enzo coming in in the summer. But if you actually look, I would say this is probably our most balanced squad. Certainly age-wise, experience, Premier League experience, young, hungry players, assets. You know, because we have to have players that that become assets of the football club. And we're lucky where, with our age makeup, we've probably got seven or eight real assets. Um, we give opportunity. Uh, we've got to probably be a bit better uh, giving opportunity to academy boys i think in recent years it's gone well max making the transition hugo hodgy a few on the periphery like like harvey and alfie who are now getting football yerson doing really well over in america they won the league and on course to break all the records so we're looking forward to having him back but yeah for me it's just about balance and what craig gives you it's real balance of Premier League experience why we did him. Last jam was really important for the second half of last season, but also what we're doing now to have that core, to have those personalities. So, yeah, it's, it's not about 
all English or all foreign or all South American or all Portuguese. It's personality. I mean, I think I've talked in several of my pieces on players. We do so much on the background of a player. Mm. Personality, Ben and, and Elliot managed to get hold of the most random people from their lives, right back to school teachers in South America on some of these boys. And we are 99.9% sure of the boy that we're getting. And since again, we've been able to take control of our recruitment. The characters have aligned with what, what we're looking for in our dressing room and our football club and the values that we're looking for. So yeah, for me, balance is the underlying thing to uh, our squad development now and will be going forward. How involved was Gary in those last couple of weeks with the, obviously, not necessarily the big out, but the ins that then followed? Look, Gary is, and when we talk about long-term strategy of the club, I think recruitment is a big part of it. Having worked, and I'll be honest, I've sort of worked at, in the other roles that I've had within the club and a lot of time in the recruitment team, they would have said they would have been really frustrated and I was frustrated that we weren't utilised properly and that's what I talk about. The fans may or may not be interested or have the same excitement that the club, the pillars that under, underpin the first team playing squad. What Gary's done since he's come in and what we've been able to do since I started in November is really get those pillars strong. So the foundations of the club are there. We now have to just get the, the key decisions right at the top. But there were times when I was frustrated and there were players coming in who we know full well were probably going to struggle socially or maybe struggle moving to the country or, or whatever it was. And but that's life. That happens at every football club. We were not, you know, there's lots of stuff said about the way we've done business. I tell you for a fact that lots of clubs work the same way. Lots of clubs have agents very much aligned to them. That That's football. But what's been great since Gary's come in is he lets us do it. He wants he wants a, a say and we run everything past him. I've never signed a player that the head coach doesn't want. That That's just me. No matter how strongly I believe, if Gary doesn't believe in them, he's never going to give them the opportunity to develop. So that would be a waste of, a waste of our time. So uh, the way it works is Ben and L do the work with the scouts and then present to me and if I get the opportunity I'll go and watch them live myself so I'm going to watch a few players in the next couple of weeks and then if if I agree which most of the time I do having worked with them for a long time so they know me pretty well we'll then sit down and go through it with Gary and we welcome him to, to challenge it and to have an opinion because he's so intense he goes off and does his own work he won't <laughs> answer it in the room he'll cut. He'll go away and give it to him and his staff and all go and watch a few games each same as Julian Julian did the same thing would take a player get all his staff to watch a couple of games of that player each and um, end up hopefully with a player that, that everyone believes in, can see in a, a wool shirt and comes and does well at the football club like Mario has, Craig has, Zhao has, Santi will, Enzo will. You know, it's, it's really important. You said that in an ideal world, you would have liked one more. Do we infer from that, given we know there's been a lot of stuff talked about finances, that there is funds in January should you want to make additions? Not many clubs do business in Jan anymore. Generally, if you're doing a lot of business in Jan, like we were last year, you're in trouble and you've got a lot of stuff to rectify. So if I'm doing a lot of business in Jan, <laughs> the first part has, hasn't has gone according to plan, but always just comes back to the right player. I think now we've dealt with what we dealt with in the summer, now it just be the right player. And if the right player is available at the right price and there's there's opportunity, but what I can say is during a transfer window, like guys in the recruitment team will send me these players we're linked with on, on social media and 
it amazes me how many players we're linked with that we've never even discussed. We obviously know the player, but it's never going to be for us. We've never even discussed, and it gets out that Wolves have made an offer, or but that's agents putting information out there. If the right player is there at the right price, and I believe it's the right value, then yeah, we probably would have the ability to do something. Aside from that, when you look at the last couple of weeks and Maximilian Kilman, new contract. Yeah. Jose Sarr, new contract. How important is it and what message does it send that you have big, important players to the football club that are committing their future to the club? Yeah, I think, I mean, everyone knows of the interest in Max in the summer, not just off from the club that was in the media a lot and the size of the offers that we had. There were other clubs as well. He never forced anything. And I can't divulge a conversation, but the conversation I had with him, he was like, what was the club that gave me an opportunity? Like, it's up to you. If you want to accept, you accept, and I'll talk to them. But if you don't, I'm a captain. I love this club. It's given me my opportunity from Maidenhead. I remember when I brought Max in on trial that first year, and he went to Holland with Rob Edwards in the 23s. But big players are important. Experienced players are important. But I also think it's important for us to reward players that are loyal, that represent the club in the right way, that are good enough, uh, that are reliable, and a, and a good around around the training ground and on, on match day. So they can see what we're trying to do. Like every player wants us to have the best players in the world because they want to compete. But just like I, I am with everybody, sometimes to my detriment, i always be honest, I'm honest with the players. My door's always open and over the last couple of weeks, a lot have been to see me, largely. I mean, Pedro came to see me for 20 minutes the other day and just unbelievably happy with what Gary's doing and how he's allowing him to play and the work he's doing with on the training ground. Mario, the same. Jose saw on the days on his contract, the same. So our communication is very strong, very open and very honest. And I think that's built some really strong relationships throughout the clubs, uh, throughout the club. So they understand what we're trying to do. They know our situation. They know what we were doing in the summer, why we were doing it. But now we've come through that. We need to show them that our ambition is to is to improve, improve on and off the pitch, and keep keep getting better and keep and keep striving. But your leaders are important to that. Clearly, speak to the players an awful lot. If they're not on board, it's never going to work, right? No, <laughs> if they're not on board with me and my strategy and my plan, if they're not on board with the new head coach, it lasts weeks, not months. It lasts weeks, and you would see it on the pitch. The fans would see it on the pitch. Fans would see it in the players' body language. That's probably what I liked about the Luton game and the Everton game. Probably our two poorest performances. The Everton game, people flying into blocks, running for each other. Pedro with cramp, but still trying to run down the right the right wing at the end of them, still managing to put the cross in. Luton, where we were super poor first half. Uh, well, first half an hour, just as JJ got sent off, I thought we were getting back into it and starting to look a bit like us. But they just out us. They went man man for man and said, we'll want it more than them. And for half an hour they did, but Gary got into them at half time. And this was a big a big test, really, because there were a few home truths about what happened in the first half. And you would have known then if the players weren't with Gary, because generally if players aren't with the manager, they don't like being called out. But what did they do? They went out and fought, fought for him. So, yeah, everyone has to buy into it. But not, not just the players, the ownership, Jeff... John and Laura, head of the academy, James and Rich, the 18th. Everyone has to believe in what we're trying to do because now we have a strategy. The work Harry's doing on the recruitment in the academy is really important that that fits that. So everyone has to be aligned. Everyone has to believe in it. And um, 
we feel we're on the right path for that. We've got to keep improving for sure. We're not the finished article with that, but all the signs have been positive so far. And you've got to take the fans with you on that. I mean, the fans have been unbelievable. They've been... I mean, I'm not on social media. <laughs> <laughs> but my mum my is. So um, <laughs> when they say nasty things, she tells me. But, um, but look, the fans have been great with me um, since I've come in. I'll always be honest with them. And actually, since I've come in, they've been unbelievable. Getting behind the team. What we're trying to do. Obviously, people are get frustrated. Obviously, people, people are going to be disappointed that Julien left with what he's done in the game and who he was and who was... Well, I was disappointed. Uh, and he remains a friend of mine now, but that's not Gary's fault. Gary came in four days to go, having done an unbelievable job at Bournemouth, where a lot of people thought he was going to be manager of the season. And I can already see the changes he's making in us. So the fans, as they show Saturday, make the difference. And I just hope that whether they like what I'm saying or not my mum will tell me from social media yeah um, but they understand what we're trying to do they appreciate the honesty but trust that everyone working is working unbelievably hard to give them a team that, and a club they can be proud of not just a team the, the whole football club Wolves Weekly brought to you by MyDieselClaim.com Sports Social Podcast Network